Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. This is a special weekend in the life of a historic and much-loved church in the north of the island. Later in the programme, we'll find out why. And 37 Kings and a Budgerigar, we take a final dip into Richard Littledale's book. And a shepherd reflects on a night he'll never forget. And this is the time of year when it's very appropriate to play our own Matt Creer's lovely recording of Gabriel's message. The angel Gabriel from heaven came His wings as drifted snow, his eyes as flame All hail said he, thou lowly maiden Highly favored lady, Gloria. For no blessed mother thou shalt be, all generations laud and honor thee. Thy son shall be Emmanuel by seers most highly favored lady, Gloria. Then gentle Mary meekly bowed her head, to me be as it pleaseth God, she said. My soul shall laud and magnify His holy name, most highly favored lady, Gloria. Of her Emmanuel the Christ was born, in Bethlehem all on a Christmas. And everyone throughout the world forever saved, most highly favored lady, Gloria. Thank you, Matt Creer. Writer and broadcaster Richard Littledale has joined us on the programme for the last three weeks to share his fascination for nativity sets. He's now got about 70 of them from all over the world, and they've inspired a book of reflections, one for each day of this time of preparation for Christmas that the church calls Advent. And today he's back with his fourth and final choice. I have kept this particular nativity set until last. It is neither the most beautiful nor the most intricate. It does not have the gorgeous colours of some, nor the fine craftsmanship of others. 
it does not wear the clothes of a particular culture, nor bear the hallmark of its maker, yet. I bought this particular set in the last dregs of a garden centre sale after Christmas. Judging by the numbers of them on the table, they were not very popular. The packaging claims that you can sculpt your own nativity scene, and that inside are all the materials you need to mould and blend into nine nativity models. I had assumed that there were moulds inside to get you started. However, when I got the box home and looked at the contents, I was wrong. Inside are ten blocks of plasticine, all sealed up in plastic sachets. In addition, there is a sculpting tool and a booklet. The booklet contains suggestions on how to make each model. For instance, for the baby Jesus, we are told to roll a ball for the head and an egg shape for the body. To this we add four bean shapes for the arms and legs and so on. I have a feeling that any attempt of mine to follow these instructions would result in something which not only failed to look like the baby Jesus, but failed to look like any human baby ever seen. In essence, though, this is the beauty of this particular set. This is why I have saved it until last. Anybody who does break open the sachets and attempt to make the figures for the nativity scene will be engaging with the story in a unique way. As they roll and re-roll baby Jesus' little head, as they press out an angel's wings or roll tiny, tiny strips of yellow for the straw, they will interact with a moment which changed all time forever. Later on, when they get the last shreds of plasticine out from under their nails or look at their slightly discoloured fingertips, they will remember. There will be a certain pride as they pose their figures in their scene. This story is not supposed to leave us untouched. Let's listen to Luke's account of the shepherd's arrival in Luke chapter 2, verses 16 to 19. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The description of Mary's reaction is interesting. After the trauma of travelling in the late stages of pregnancy and giving birth in such a strange place, the arrival of these strangers must have been a shock. However, the woman chosen by God seems to take it all in her stride. Luke uses an unusual word for it. He writes that she treasured them up in her heart. In other contexts, the word is used to describe the piling up of water where two watercourses meet. Mary allows all these things to pile up in her heart, and they will stand her in good stead 
when the going is rough later on. Try to store away something special in your heart from all the lessons these little nativity sets have taught you. Let's pray. Dear God, I seem to carry so many things in my heart, but help me make room for this too. As I have heard this story from every angle, so it has seeped into me. Help it not to seep out again too easily, I pray. Amen. Richard Littledale sharing some thoughts inspired by a make-it-yourself nativity set. But what if you had actually been there? On a bleak Bethlehem hillside, with his cloak wrapped tightly around him, sitting by a blazing fire, using its light to keep watch for thieves or wild animals, a shepherd starts thinking about the night he'll never forget. Good, we've got a good fire going here. Just what we need. Sheep are all safe and sound. Looks like the weather should stay fine too, so as long as there's no attacks by wild animals, should be an uneventful evening. Not much excitement in the life of a shepherd, really. Storms or attacks by wolves and things are about as eventful as it gets. Mind you, there was one evening I'll never forget. Started off like any other night, really. We were just out in the fields on the hills of Judea. The nearby town of Bethlehem was bustling, packed with people, but out on the hills away from all that, it was calm and peaceful. That was until the angel showed up. Just kind of appeared out of nowhere. One minute, everywhere's dark, and then the next, there's this, this great thing in the sky, like a, like a man dressed in bright, shining white and lighting up the sky. It's like nothing I'd ever seen before. I mean, you hear about these things from scriptures happening in the past, but to actually see an angel for yourself? We were all terrified. But then he spoke. He said, do not be afraid. That's what he said in that great booming voice. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all people. There was something reassuring about that. I mean, I was still scared, but good news and great joy. (laughs) At least we knew he hadn't come to destroy us or something. And then he said the most amazing thing. Today, the Messiah, the Saviour, has been born in Bethlehem. (laughs) I was stunned. I mean, this this Messiah, the the Saviour, who'd been promised centuries before, had been born here and now? (laughs) This is what we'd all been waiting for. And then the angel told us to go into Bethlehem and he gave us a sign. He said we'd find the baby wrapped up in strips of cloth and lying in a manger, as if all that wasn't enough to take in. No sooner had the angel finished speaking than he was joined by a whole crowd of other angels, more than you could ever count. And they all started praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. It's a sound I'll never forget, I can tell you that. 
And as quickly as they'd all appeared, they just left. It was hard to know what to make of it all, really. If God's promised saviour had been born, what was he doing in a manger? Surely an animal's feeding trough is no place for a baby, especially not this baby. And why had the angels come to tell us? We're just shepherds, nobodies. Who were we to get such a royal invitation? And yet it seemed like we were at the top of the guest list. One thing we all agreed on, this was something we had to see. If God had chosen to tell us about it, we could hardly just ignore it, could we? We were so excited, we just left the sheep and ran off into Bethlehem to go and search for the child. Bethlehem was packed with visitors, people who'd come back for the Roman census. Eventually we found a stable and then, there, amongst all the noise and the muck of the animals, there was the manger. And there he was, the baby lying in the hay. His parents hadn't been able to find a room to stay anywhere, so this was their only option. But it was just what the angels had told us about. It seemed strange that God's promised saviour, the one who would be called King of Kings and Prince of Peace, would be born in such circumstances. But somehow this must have been what God had planned. It was astonishing. And yet no one else seemed to realise what a major event had just taken place right there in their midst. Christ the Saviour was born. This news filled us with great joy, just like the angels had said. So, when we left, we told everybody we met about the things we'd seen and heard. We just couldn't help ourselves. News like this isn't something you just keep to yourself. I don't know if anybody else bothered to look for the baby in the manger. Whether they believed it or not, or whether they were too busy with their own plans and problems. But as for us, we went back to our fields praising God all the way, and thanking him for telling us about it. If he would choose to tell us, even though we're just humble shepherds, then surely this is good news for everyone. Thank you, Tim Price, for the thoughts of a shepherd, and to Richard Littledale for sharing again from his book, 37 Kings and a Budgerigar, a collection of daily reflections for Advent, inspired by his collection of over 70 nativity sets from around the world. And Richard will in fact be back next Sunday, Christmas morning, to join me for a specially extended At Your Service at Christmas Time. It's a one-hour programme, and between 9 and 10 next Sunday, Christmas morning, Richard and I will be chatting, sharing stories, and playing some wonderful carols and Christmas music, all by local singers and musicians. I'm sure you'll really enjoy it. And now, the story of an historic church that's being filled with new life. Come with me now to the old church at Balaf. Now, that is a sound 
that we haven't heard in quite a long time. It's the sound of a magnificent old door in Balaf Old Church being opened, being opened and being left open to welcome the members of the public in to explore this wonderful heritage church. And the lady who's behind it all is here with me now, and Caroline Devlin. Caroline, you and your family live in Balaf Village, and this beautiful old church that sadly has lost its congregation over the years, but you care very passionately that this church should be preserved and available to the community, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Both my boys were christened in the church when it did have a congregation a few years ago. And then I wasn't, I'll be honest, a regular churchgoer myself, but I do have a a spiritual life and I wanted the boys to, to know that this church was part of their spiritual life and living locally, we pass it every day. So I wanted them to feel connected with, with the church. And then, of course, partly because of COVID, but also, as you say, the congregation dwindled. The church had been closed for a good few years. And after a while, I just became curious to see what was going to happen to the church, because obviously with all buildings, all buildings, if they're not maintained and looked after and have people going in and out, they'll begin to um, break down. So I knew Carol, one of the church wardens in the main village, and uh, I contacted her and found out what was happening. And at that stage, they weren't quite sure what was going to happen with the church. So I suggested perhaps a friends group, because I know the local community feel very strongly about the church and care about it very much. And It's such a stunningly beautiful place. And I think it's very special when you come in. There's a a very peaceful, spiritual, special feeling to the church. So I knew that people wanted to be able to come in and access it. So that's kind of where the conversation began. It is a challenge for the church in general, of all denominations, to look after their buildings. And it has to be acknowledged that some of them have to be perhaps reinterpreted so that they serve the community in a different way. And that's really what you're doing with Balafel Church, isn't it? You're going to make it into a resource for the community. We've got a centre of worship in the parish church up the road, but this is going to serve the community in different ways. And in fact, the new life of this church started yesterday because you have uh, two open days this weekend of which there is the whole of today, Sunday, for people to come and explore. Tell me what you're doing, please, Caroline. Well, very simply, I think going forward, we want to make sure that we can open the church regularly again so that people can come for prayer, meditation, and enjoy the heritage, which is a really big part of Old Church Balaf. Even just a a walk around outside and you see these incredible gravestones going way back. Some of the words you can't even read on them anymore. But it's served this community for many, many centuries. And I think that's something that's really exciting and that makes it a really big part of the community. But obviously with the main congregation and the spiritual hub being of St Mary de Balaf, it's how we can use this church and, and find ways to generate some income to look after it and care for it from painting its walls to paying for the lights and a bit of heating, (laughs) which at this time of year is good. So what we're doing here is opening it, inviting people to come who haven't been here for a long time. I personally work in in theatre, mainly in the UK, mainly putting on plays of Shakespeare.
You do a lot of work in churches and cathedrals across, don't you? I do, yes. I work for a company quite regularly called the Guildford Shakespeare Company. And about 10 years ago, they approached uh, Holy Trinity Church in Guildford and asked them if they could put on Romeo and Juliet. And it's the largest Georgian church in Surrey. It's um, an incredible building. And the, the relationship that we've built up with the congregation there over the years has been incredible. And the, the vicar, in fact, whenever we're putting on a show, he builds that into his sermon that Sunday. And the themes of something like Shakespeare, they so often resonate with God and the, our relationship with God and ourselves as human beings and the choices that we make. So... I mean, I almost find it hard to put on a play in a normal <laughs> setting now. I think it's, it doesn't resonate quite so excitingly as, as it does in a church because this is where, you know, human beings come and they christen their children, they have their weddings here and we bury our loved ones. And so these places are, are some very special places. And so I've got lots of contacts who have contributed some poetry, which we've recorded, and we've created a soundscape with a sound designer that I work with, of sort of meditative music and Christmas poetry and a nativity reading. And that's going to play at intervals throughout the day so that it's not a live performance, but there's a hint of performance to it. Poems are from Thomas Hardy, Christina Rossetti, and the music is lyrical, actually includes a lot of sounds of nature, there's sea sounds there, sounds of melting snow, birdsong, etc., which I think really reflects this part of Balaf and, and the area as well. So we're inviting people to come in and spend a bit of time in the church. There will also be periods of silence throughout the day. The soundscape won't be playing throughout, just at intervals. And we're going to have a little Christmas tree that if you wish to, you can write a, a prayer for peace or wish for the world and, and hang that on the tree, which might be nice for families and children to come along and take part in that. There's also going to be some more information about the Friends, which will be starting early next year. So we're going to have a meeting and I'll share with everyone what we've managed to organise so far, but also really invite people's ideas and thoughts and what the community would like to see in this old church and support it going forward. Now, today, Sunday, the church is open now. Until what time today? It's open till 4pm and then we're also open Christmas Eve as well, 9am to 4pm. And the church is very, very easy to find if you turn off the main road at Balaf Bridge and then just go on past the parish church and just keep on going. Keep going. <laughs> you, you cannot miss it, no, can you? No, you'll see a cluster of trees and nestled in the trees is the church. So, yeah, it's hard to miss. I think it's true to say that Christmas isn't always a time of great celebration and happiness for some people. Mm. For some people, it can be quite a, a difficult time. So... Do you think that there's an added little benefit here that if if people do just want to have a little time out and be reflective, that this could be a centre for that? Absolutely. I think that's really important. And I say that myself as a mum who is running about and there's school plays and there's all sorts of things going on and there's shopping to be done and etc. And it's really easy to lose connection with what this really special, incredible time of year is all about. And I think whether you are a regular churchgoer or just a member of the community, this would be a, a lovely space to come in and give yourself a few moments of peace and quiet and reflection. And I think that's a really important thing that we all need. The 
the only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. on Christmas Day their old familiar carols play and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth goodwill to men Thank you to Caroline Devlin talking with me in the old church at Balaf the one with those distinctive leaning gateposts. And as Caroline said, it'll be open today until four o'clock and then again on Christmas Eve next Saturday, also from 9am to 4pm. And now it's time to look at the rest of our notice board and I've got a record amount of news, details of almost 50 special services and celebrations happening just this week. So, to try to make the information as useful to you as possible, I've grouped events together by time and we'll start with services being held later today. And we begin with news from Balakilferic Chapel. And today's carol service there has been cancelled and the Balakilferic Chapel family will join with Balafessen Chapel for their service of lessons and carols this afternoon at 3 o'clock that will be led by Jen Casson. Also at 3 o'clock today, there'll be carol services in Abilands Chapel and in Arbury Parish Church. There'll be carol singing on the village green in Mackeld this afternoon at four with a live nativity, Ramsey Town Band and mince pies and hot drinks. Also this afternoon at four o'clock, Kirk Andreas, Andreas Parish Church, have a carol service and at the same time, four o'clock, Trinity Methodist Church at Rosemount here in Douglas have carols by candlelight with a specially augmented choir. And in Agnish Chapel at four o'clock today, there'll be a Christingle service. Tonight at half past five, there'll be community carols by candlelight in Dorby schoolrooms. There'll be mince pies and hot punch on arrival, and then you can pick your favourite carols and gather by the warmth of the fireside for a good sing. At six o'clock tonight, Balaf Parish Church have carols by candlelight with guest soloist Dillis Sowery. And at the same time, six o'clock, there'll be carols by candlelight in Jerby Parish Church and a special service of nine lessons and carols also tonight at six in St Peter's Parish Church in Onken. Tonight at half past six, you'll find carol services in Sandygate Chapel on Jerby Road, in Union Mills Chapel, in Balabeg Methodist Church and in Colby Methodist Church. Kirk Christ, Russian Parish Church, also have a carol service tonight at half past six, as does the Abbey Church in Balasala and Christ Church at the Dune on the Ramsey to Laxey Coast Road. And Balagheri Chapel and the Howe Chapel each have a nativity service tonight at half past six. And although I haven't always mentioned it, you can be fairly sure that all churches and chapels will be offering refreshments at the end of their services. 
Moving on to the week ahead, and on Monday the 19th, St John's School will be in the parish church in St John's for their community carol service. It starts at half past two and everyone is welcome. St Jude's Church have their carol service on Tuesday, December the 20th at 6 o'clock, when they'll be joined by the Jerby Community Choir and the service will be followed by refreshments. On Wednesday the 21st, Michaelia and friends will lead a carol concert at Colby Chapel and that starts at half past seven. On Thursday the 22nd, there'll be carols by candlelight at Balagheri Chapel and that also starts at half past seven. And last but by no means least, on Friday, December the 23rd, everyone is welcome at Christmas in the Barn at Ballacreggan Farm in Glen May, starting at half past six. There'll be traditional carols, nativity scenes and real animals, with music led by Crosby Silver Band. Children are welcome to come dressed up to join in the nativity scenes, but there will also be costumes available. So, that takes us to Friday the 23rd. When I come back tonight at 9 o'clock for sundown, we'll take two further looks at our notice board. Around about a quarter past ten, we'll be looking at special services on Christmas Eve, next Saturday. And at a quarter past eleven tonight, we'll take a look at services where you'll be made most welcome on Christmas Day. I'd love you to join me later for sundown, if you can. Easy listening music to round off your weekend. And notice board news is always welcome throughout the year. Email it to me. Judith Lay at manxradio.com. Don't forget, I'm at your service on Christmas Day for an hour with the earlier starting time of nine o'clock. And I do hope you'll come along and celebrate with me then. But till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening. And I wish you and those you love a week that's truly blessed and, if possible, not too stressful. And right now, a very good morning. Mm-hmm.